0: Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to up-level your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 26 of the Money Love Podcast, where this week, we are going to be talking about saving money. I started looking back through all of the podcasts so far. It's hard to believe that this is number 26, but I realize we've talked about spending money, we've talked about having money, but we haven't yet talked about saving money. And so I know that coming into a new year, the resolution that many of you have going into a new year is just to save more. And so I figured it was about time that we do an episode about saving money. So that is what we're going to talk about today. Now, I do have some important updates for you guys. I know in some episodes, I just jump right into what we're going to be talking about, but there are a lot of changes happening moving into 2021. And for those of you who are plugged into other areas of my business, other than just the podcast, I want to make sure that you guys are aware of what's going on. So there's a couple things that are going this year, meaning that I'm phasing them out. But there's also a couple things coming this year to take its place. So that's what I just want to run you through real quick. The first thing that I want to let you know about is the book club. So a lot of you guys are a part of the book club. I've had the book club for about a year now. And every month we would switch back and forth between reading a personal finance and a personal development book. I have made the decision going into this year that I am going to essentially discontinue this version of the book club. And those of you who are in the book club, you've already been notified. You got an email about it last week. That is something that's kind of phasing out, again, only because something better is coming to take its place. Also, for those of you who receive my Money Monday email, the emails that I send out every single Monday morning with a video message, those are also going away. So the one that you received on Monday, January 11th is the last one that you're going to be receiving. But again, the only reason that I'm discontinuing that is because something better is coming to take its place, okay? So those are the two biggest things that I want you guys to be aware of, okay? No more book club, at least in its current form, and also no more Money Monday emails. Now, let's talk about what's coming this year to replace those two things and take its place. The first thing that I want to tell you guys about is I am launching, or I should actually say relaunching, my YouTube channel. So when I first started out, like years and years and years ago, one of the first things that I did was I started a YouTube channel. And you can actually go. It's still up. You can go and look at my YouTube channel. And I'm going to be using the same one. I'm not getting a different YouTube channel. There's probably about eight videos on there right now. And they're from, gosh, like three, three, two, three years ago. I'm about 50 pounds heavier. (laughs) in all the videos. And I'm, I mean, I'm only laughing because it's, like so fu- it's just so different when I watch it. I'm like, this doesn't even look like me. It doesn't sound like me. But I love video. I love video content. I love the podcast, obviously, but I also love video. And so I am always looking for new and different ways to add value to you guys. And so something that I'm really excited to launch this year is relaunching my YouTube channel. So that's going to be back up in February. I'm going to start with just doing one video a week with the goal to eventually get to two, but I'm just going to start with one video a week. So if you are someone who likes to consume YouTube content, you're definitely going to want to make sure to check it out. I'm going to have the podcast episode coming out every Tuesday, and then I'm going to have a YouTube video coming out once a week as well. So between the podcast and the YouTube channel, you're going to have a ton of free content to consume. That is kind of what's replacing the Money Monday emails. Like I said, that was video content being replaced by the YouTube channel. Now, the other thing coming this year that I am so excited about, it's going to be coming mid this year. So think June, July timeframe. And this is what's going to be replacing the book club. I am going to be launching what's called the Money Love Club. And what it's going to be is it's going to be an online membership that you guys can join and get coaching from me. So I want you to think of it as like a gem membership, but for your money. And so what we're gonna do is every single month, we're gonna deep dive into a topic of money, do the work that's necessary in that area, and then I'm gonna give you the tools so you can actually apply it to your life. So one month, we might be talking about budgeting. One month, we might be talking about debt, then making more money, then sales and negotiation. Anything that ultimately is going to impact your overall financial results that you create, we're going to be talking about it and working on creating those results in your life within the Money Love Club. So it is going to be a membership. It's going to be something that you pay monthly for, or you can just pay annually for the whole year. And live coaching will be a component of it. So I know there's a lot of you who want to get coached. You want to coach in this area of your life but you're not quite to the point where you want to do one-on-one private coaching yet. And so the Money Love Club is going to be the best fit for you. So again, it's kind of like you listen to the podcast, right? You passively consume this information, but then, I mean, let's be honest, and I do this with podcasts that I listen to as well, you get really great guidance and advice, but then actually going it and applying it to your life is a whole different story. So the Money Love Club is going to be where that's going to happen. It's where we're going to take all of these insights and tools and work and actually do the work to transform your financial results. So that is coming mid-2021. I want you to join the wait list if you are at all interested because I want you to know when it launches. Because if you are a founding member of the Money Love Club, you're going to get a lot of extra perks, lots of extra goodies, and you're also going to get the Founders Member Rate. Which is going to be a lower price that you're locked into, so that you're never having price increases over time, and you basically pay the least amount compared to any of the other members who join at a later time. I'm going to put the link to join the waitlist in the show notes. I actually announced the I don't know the launch of the Money Love Club that it was coming last week, and there's already over a hundred of you on the waitlist to join. So I'm so excited for that to come. And the book club is going to be a component of the Money Love Club. So I'm going to be picking a book for us to read every month that corresponds with the topic that we are diving into that month. That's all to come this year. And again, I know that a lot of you that listen to the podcast are also plugged into other areas of my business. You might be a part of the book club. You might get my Money Monday emails. And I just want you guys to be on the up and up of what's going on. Those are all the updates. Now, let's talk about saving money. When it comes to saving money, there is a lot to discuss. When I started writing the outline to this episode, I was just like, good Lord, I could make an entire course over this just one topic because there really is so much to delve into. But I want to just let you know how I'm going to break down this episode. So like always, we're going to start with your mindset and your beliefs around saving money. Because like I always say your thoughts and your beliefs are going to create your feelings which drive your actions and so how effective you are at saving money can be directly determined and correlated to your saving money mindset after we cover mindset then i'm going to give you some tactical advice okay so this episode is going to be a blend between mindset and how to after the mindset we're going to move into the different types of savings that i recommend you have between short-term and long-term savings. I'm gonna talk about how much I think that you need to be saving. And then I'm gonna wrap us up with just some of my biggest pointers to make saving money effortless and something that you actually love and enjoy doing. All right, starting with your saving money mindset. I want you to take a second to start thinking about saving money. And when you think about saving money, what comes up for you? Maybe it's an emotion that comes up first before you can even recognize an actual thought that's causing that emotion. So maybe when you think about saving money, it starts to make you feel really overwhelmed or kind of panicked. Maybe you can identify some thoughts that you have about saving money. Some thoughts like, I don't have enough. It's impossible to save. There's never enough. It's hard to get ahead right all of those things are just thoughts and as your coach i'm here to point out to you that those are just thoughts they're not facts your brain is going to want to present your thoughts to you in absolute terms in a way that makes your thoughts seem like fact like truth like concrete black and white which then just makes us think that they are things that cannot be changed and something that just has to be accepted Remember, your brain loves certainty. It hates uncertainty. It loves certainty. And that's why it usually talks to you in such absolute terms. But when you have awareness over the fact of, oh, okay, that's just a thought. It's just a belief that my brain is offering to me. When you know that it's such a liberating first step, because when you know that something is just a thought, it means that it's optional. It means that you don't have to believe it, and you can actually work to change it. I've had you guys do this in other areas of money, with budgeting and spending money, but I challenge you, once again, to perform a thought download around saving money, and I want you to see what comes out of your brain. And for everything that does, I want you to ask the question, is this really true, first and foremost? Is it true that I don't have enough? Is it true that it's impossible to save? Most of the time, when I ask myself that question about a thought that my brain is asking me that seems very factual to me, and I ask myself, is that actually true? More often than not, I find that the answer is no, it's not. It's just what my brain is trying to get me to believe. And then the second thing I want you to ask yourself is, Is this belief serving me to create the financial life that I want? For those of you who are wanting to create extraordinary financial results in your life, which I'm pretty sure is all of you listening to this podcast about money, having thoughts about saving money like it's impossible or there's never enough, those are not thoughts that are going to help you create the financial results that you're ultimately seeking. And so that's the first step is gaining awareness over what those thoughts are and questioning them. But after you've gained that awareness, I want you to think about how it feels to you to save money. And I want to ask you and have you evaluate, what is the energy that you are saving money from? Are you saving money from a place of obligation or are you saving from a place of self-care? A lot of people save money from a place of obligation, from something that they feel that they have to do. And I just want to offer you something here. Although it may feel like you have to save money, you don't have to do anything. (laughs) Really, if we honestly think about it, you don't have to save money. You could work until the day that you die and not save a penny and just keep earning and keep spending until your time here on earth is over. That is a possibility. With money, so often we think like, oh, this is just something that I should be doing or oh, this is something that I have to do. And honestly, both of those, something that I should be doing or something that I have to be doing, both of those are terrible thoughts and it's an awful energy to come at saving money with. I know that it's a little cliche and you've probably heard this a lot before, but there is a huge difference between something that I have to be doing. And something that I get to be doing? Because that is the difference between saving out of obligation and saving from abundance. Saving because you want to, not because you have to. So again, evaluate the energy that you have around saving money. Is it something that you feel like you have to do or something that you want to be doing? Because anytime we feel like we have to do something, it's never going to feel good. It's always going to feel like it's a chore. And anything that comes after I want to without having I need to attach to it, that is always going to yield a greater experience and ultimately a greater result. I want to tell you this story about a woman that I saw getting coached the other day. So the coaching program that I'm a part of, I wasn't doing the coaching. I was just watching the coaching happening. But this woman came on and she was really wanting some help shifting out of scarcity into abundance specifically with saving money. And she said that she had 2.7 million dollars saved currently, but she had a goal to get to 10 million. But she wasn't treating the 10 million as a goal. She was treating it as something that she had to do, that she needed to do. She kept saying like, "But you don't understand, I need this 10 million dollars. I'm going to have to go out and do this and this and this and I I'm going to have to take care of my aging mom and my aging dad, and this is how much money I need. She had entirely convinced herself that the amount of money that she had wasn't enough. And so she kept saving her money out of a place of need and out of a place of obligation. And I know a lot of you feel that right now. Maybe you don't have $2.7 million. Maybe you have $27. Maybe you have $2,700. But I just want to offer you this story and this experience that I was able to observe because it was so striking to me. Because it really was just evidence to me of wow, it really doesn't matter how much money that you have saved. If you still have a terrible mindset around saving money, thinking about money as something that you need to do, as something that you have to do, rather than as something that you want to be doing to take care of your future self. Saving is always going to feel like a chore, a burden, an obligation. And nothing that feels like a chore or obligation is something that your brain is willingly going to want to do. (laughs) So I wanted to share that story with you because, again, it just shows that no matter how much you save, if your mindset around saving is coming from scarcity, from lack, from I need to, I have to, you are never going to be able to fully enjoy and appreciate the money That you're saving. So instead, I wanna explore the other side of the coin. For me personally, I love to save money. I love to spend money, but I also love to save money. And this is why I never identify as a spender or a saver. I never say that I'm one of the other because I like to think that I'm both. I really like that self belief that I have about myself because I think it serves me really well. And I wanna offer that same self belief to some of you who wear that badge as a spender right you identify as a spender you say things to people like oh i'm just a spender and i really want to challenge you to reevaluate if that identity is serving you why can't we just say you know what i'm a spender and i'm a saver and i'm really good at both because a healthy relationship with money does require a balance of both it requires the balance of saving and spending, the contrast between spending money today but also saving for tomorrow. And I love to think about saving money as hooking up my future self. I've talked about this in a past episode about being future-focused and envisioning your future self, going to work for her today so that she can exist as her best self in the future. And when you're saving money, that's what you're doing. You are hooking up your future self. And I love thinking about 65-year-old Paige and the amazing life that she's going to get to live because 22-year-old Paige, 25-year-old, 31-year-old Paige is taking care of all that for her now. And I also love saving money because when you save, you are being proactive rather than reactive. A lot of people react To their financial problems, right? So something breaks. Shoot, where am I going to find the money for that? Christmas rolls around each year. Darn it, I need money for Christmas. Where is that money going to come from? Your dog needs surgery. Well, that's going to have to go on a credit card because I don't have anything saved. That is the beauty of saving money. When something like that happens, you get to approach the situation with such ease, calmness, preparedness, And you get to say, no problem, I've got it. And let me tell you, being able to do that, being able to respond in a situation like that is a high in and of itself. It provides you, that level of preparedness provides you a dopamine hit, just like how spending money is going to provide you a dopamine hit. It feels so amazing to know that you have your own back. And that you're not going to be shocked or financially unprepared for things that you know are coming every year, like Christmas, like insurance premiums, like having to pay your taxes, right? Or even things that aren't necessarily totally expected. They don't have a date in the future, but you know that it's just a matter of time before something breaks down and you need money to repair it, like something in your home or with your car or with your pets or your kids. So I love, love, love saving money. I love saving money because I want to, not because I have to. It's not an obligation for me. It's not some sort of punishment. It doesn't have any impact over my capacity for joy and happiness in this present moment. I have the belief that I'm hooking up my future self. I have the self-belief about myself that I'm someone who is prepared and who is proactive with my finances. That is the lens and the mindset that makes saving money fun for me and easy for me and something that I prioritize. So I want to give you my favorite beliefs about saving money that really helped me come at the action of saving money from a clean and excited place. So the first one is I am someone who pays myself first. That is just a self-belief and a self-identity that I have taken on, that I am just someone who pays myself first. Another thought that I love is, I love taking care of my future self and making sure she's taken care of financially. That's the second one. And the third thought that I love is saving money is effortless. I love that thought. It's effortless. It's so easy because so many people think, That saving has to be hard, and it's difficult, and it's cumbersome. It's hard to do. It's impossible to do. But I love having the belief that saving money is effortless. And I truly believe that it is. Now, that was a very quick run through the saving money mindset. But now I want to transition to more tactical aspects of savings because there are a lot of different types of ways that you can save money for different purposes. And I want to break this down between short-term savings and long-term savings. So short-term savings is going to be pools of money that are being saved with the intention of being used in the short term. And by short term, I really mean non-retirement. Okay, so you're not going to be using this money to essentially live off of in the future when you're retired or when you're not earning an income anymore. So when I think about short-term savings, I really think about three different types, and I want to walk you through each one. So the first type of short-term savings is what I like to call sinking funds. I did not come up with this term. This is just what I call them. Some people call them cash envelopes, but I call them sinking funds. And what sinking funds are is they are tiny pools of money that you are gradually saving up over time for larger expenses that you know are coming in the future. Again, sinking funds are the epitome of being proactive with your money versus reactive. YNAB actually calls this embracing your true expenses, embracing and planning for expenses that you know are coming your way, even if they're not here right now. So my husband and I have about 10 different sinking funds. And what happens is, is that every single month I contribute a certain amount to each of these sinking funds. So I'll give you an example. We have a sinking fund for our two puppies, for Ellie and Poppy. We save a certain amount every single month for them. So we save $200 a month for Ellie and Poppy, which is $2,400 a year over a 12 month period. And whenever an expense comes up for the dogs... Vet bills, which can be very expensive, boarding fees, grooming fees—if one of them gets sick, anything associated to the dogs—which if you have a dog, you know that dogs are very expensive—we use the money in our dog sinking fund to cover these expenses. So again, we're never in a situation where we're like, "Shoot, we need to go out of town unexpectedly. We have to board the dogs. That's going to be three hundred dollars. Where are we going to find the three hundred dollars in the budget?" There's never any confusion, surprise, panic. It's like, listen, we have this pool of money set aside for the dogs. So that's one type of sinking funds. And I like to call that type of sinking funds as the sinking funds without a date. You don't exactly know when you're going to need the money, but you know that you're going to need the money eventually at some point. So other examples of this are you know, building up a sinking fund for your home, home repairs, car repairs, things for your pets, your kids, things like that. There's other types of sinking funds that have a date. So you do know when you're gonna need the money. A very obvious example is Christmas. Christmas happens the same date every single year. And so you pretty much know every December, if you're someone who celebrates Christmas, you're probably gonna want some money for Christmas. So instead of getting to December every year and acting shocked and surprised that it's Christmas time and now you need money, instead of trying to find, let's say, $600 to pay for Christmas every December, What you can do throughout the year is just save $50 a month, which is much more manageable. So again, you get to come into every Christmas season already having a pool of money saved up that you've been working to save for the past 12 months and you're prepared. You get to approach spending that money and those expenses with a sense of preparedness and calmness and assuredness which is such a more fun place to be spending the money from. So those are sinking funds. I honestly could do an entire podcast episode just on sinking funds. Maybe I will. Let me know if you guys would want me to do that. In Budget Love, in my course Budget Love, I have an entire module where I teach sinking funds. But that's the first short-term savings is sinking funds. And like I said, my husband and I have about 10 of them that we have across our home, our cars, our pets. We have one for our Michigan football season tickets. We have one for taxes. We have one for insurance premiums. Again, it's just saving gradually over time so that we're always prepared. So that's sinking funds. The next two types of short-term savings I'll go through quickly because I actually touched on these in two episodes ago, I want to say. But that is your emergency fund and your rainy day fund. Again, they are two separate pools of money. They have different purposes. So just to recap really quick. Your emergency fund is a pool of money to be used for emergencies, for things that are unexpected, things that are important and urgent that you need money for. So if your water heater goes out, if there's a hole in your roof, if your car breaks down and you can't get to work, all of those things can be funded and covered by your emergency fund. Now, I'm going to talk about amounts in a second, but that's the second type of short-term savings is having a pool of money that can be used when and if something hits the fan. The next is your rainy day fund. Again, we talked about this in the episode that I did about the financial lessons that 2020 taught me. But in that episode, I talked to you about what a rainy day fund is, which to recap is essentially a pool of money that you can live off of should a rainy day situation occur. And a rainy day situation is a situation where your income basically ceases or is drastically reduced. If you lose your job, if your hours at work are cut down, you need a pool of money that if something happens, you can live off of for six to 12 months. And that six to 12 months isn't just the amount of your bills, it's all of your expenses. So, again, figuring out how much I need to live in a given month between paying all of my bills and then my variable expenses and saving up a pool of money that's six to 12 months of that. So those are the three kind of short-term savings that I recommend you having. I recommend you have sinking funds that you're contributing to on a consistent basis, again, so that you're prepared for the expenses that you know are coming. You also have an emergency fund, and then you also have a rainy day fund, okay? Those are your short-term savings pools. Then the other type of savings is long-term savings. Think about your long-term savings as money that you don't intend to use for a very long time. I know most of you listening to this podcast are in your 20s, 30s, and 40s. And so it's money that you don't have any intention of touching or using until you are retired. So the two types of long-term savings can either be investment accounts, so index funds, mutual funds, brokerage accounts where you're buying like individual stocks, That's one type of long-term savings because, again, you want to have a long-term strategy with those types of savings or a retirement account. So a 401k, a 403b, an IRA, money, again, that you are saving with the intention of using to live off of when you are retired. Those are the long-term savings pools. So you have short-term and you have long-term. Those are kind of the different types. Now, I do want to answer the question of, well, how much do I need? And I want to just give you some guidelines for both of these areas. Going back to short-term savings, with sinking funds, you get to decide how much you want to save in each pool. But what I would do is I would base it on your past spending. So for instance, if you want to start a sinking fund for your car, if you're like, I want to start saving gradually to cover expenses with my car, having to renew the registration every year routine maintenance, maybe if something breaks down that requires a larger repair, what you can do where I recommend starting is just looking back to see what you've spent in the past. So if you have no idea, if you're like, I have no clue how much I need to be putting aside for my car every year, then just simply pull out your bank statements and figure out what you've spent in the past. The thing about sinking funds is that you're going to tweak them over time. When you first start sinking funds, you'll start to notice that maybe you didn't save enough or maybe you saved too much. And then you can start making adjustments from there. But sinking funds are really easy. Like If you're like, listen, I want to save $600 a year to go towards my car, then all you have to do is do that very simple math of $600 divided by 12 months to figure out that you need to be putting aside $50 a month every month towards your car sinking funds. So with sinking funds in terms of how much do you need, you get to decide that. But if you don't have any idea, base it on your past spending. For an emergency fund, I recommend having anywhere from three dollars to $7,000. If you are single or if you are married with no kids, I would shoot for the three dollars to $5,000 range, wherever you're comfortable within that range. If you are married and have kids or if you are just you know a single parent with kids, I would recommend having that emergency fund at anywhere between $5,000 and $7,000 just because with kids, there's more opportunities for more emergencies to arise. I would also base it on things like if you're a homeowner, do you rent or do you own a home? If you're a renter, one of the beautiful things about being a renter is that if something breaks down, you're not on the hook to repair it. If you're a homeowner, you are though. So assessing your own individual situation and figuring out within that three to $7,000 range, what makes the most sense for you based off of your unique situation? So that's your emergency fund. Rainy day fund, like I said, six to 12 months of expenses. So just take your monthly allotment for expenses, multiply that by six to 12, figure out where you want to fall on that spectrum, and that will be the amount that you need to save for that. Okay, so that's how much you need to save for short term. Now, for longer term savings, specifically retirement, I get asked this question all the time. How much do I need to have saved for retirement? I cannot answer that question for you because there are so many factors that are going to go into what that number is for you. However, I am going to point you to a very helpful resource that can help you answer that question based off of what your unique vision is for what you want your life to be in retirement. Some people want to retire and like live in a trailer. Some people want to retire and live in a beach house in Malibu. The amount of money that those two people are going to need to live off of in retirement is going to be drastically different. So that's why I never give an answer to that question because it ranges so drastically depending on what you want your lifestyle to be in retirement. However, like I said, I want to point you to a helpful resource. So Chris Hogan, Chris Hogan is part of the Ramsey organization. He is the kind of like retirement guy at Ramsey Solutions. And he actually has, I've used it before for myself on his website, a very helpful retirement calculator where he asks you all these questions about what you want your lifestyle to be in retirement. And based off of that and those inputs, it will give you a number that you need to retire on. So if you go to ChrisHogan360.com, It's spelled just like it sounds, C-H-R-I-S-H-O-G-A-N-360.com. If you go to ChrisHogan360.com, right there when you first get to his website, he has this retirement calculator, again, where you can answer all of these questions about your lifestyle. And based off of that, his calculator will tell you how much you need to have saved for retirement. The next area that I want to talk to you about is just give you three pointers to make saving money as easy and effortless as possible so that you can actually get to the point where I am, where you truly do believe that saving money is effortless. So my first pointer to you is that you have to make saving a priority. This is where so many people who aren't saving money fall short because they have everything backwards. They spend and then they save what's left over. If anything, instead of making the saving a priority and saving first and then spending what's left over, you have to save and then spend, not the other way around. That Warren Buffett quote that I've talked about many times on this podcast, where he says, Do not save what is left after spending, but spend what is left after saving. This is the entire concept of paying yourself first. It's making sure that the needs of your future self are met. Before you spend money on your present self, so you have to make it a priority. Now, I will just tell you this I understand that you're like, okay, got it intellectually, but how do I do that? If you are struggling with the how of how to do that logistically, take my course, Budget Love. I teach you how to prioritize your savings and how to set it up logistically so that you are actually saving money and earmarking it, and then again, spending what's left over. The second tip that I have for you with savings is you have to make it automatic. Automation is going to be your best friend when it comes to saving money. Remember, your brain is lazy. It hates work. It hates obstacles. It has to jump through. And if you can make the saving automatic, that is the best thing that you can do. So going into your bank and telling your bank, hey, on the 15th of every month, I want you to transfer $500 from my checking account into my emergency fund savings hey, on the 15th of every month, I want you to transfer all of these little pools of money into my sinking funds. So for me, all of my savings is automatic. The savings that goes into my long-term retirement account, it's automatic. The saving that goes into fund our rainy day fund, automatic. All the money that goes into my sinking funds, automatic. I've told my bank, I have told Ally, hey, Ally, on the 15th of every month, I want you to send $200 to the dogs. I want you to send $100 here, $50 here, so that I'm not doing any of that work myself. The more automatic you can make your savings, the more natural and effortless it becomes. So that's my second tip with savings. And third is just start as soon as you can. The sooner you can start with saving money, it will enable your money to work smarter, not harder. Now, I just want to point this out. I've done a past episode about being financially behind. It does not matter how old you are and how much you have saved and if you've saved in the past and all that sort of stuff. I don't want you worrying about that. All I want you focused on is today forward. There is no better time to start saving than the present moment. So we don't need to get all worked up and all bent out of shape about what could have been or what would have been had we started saving earlier. The important thing is that we start saving today. Time is the only resource we can never get back. Every day that goes by is one less day that your money is able to be in a savings account and earning interest and growing and working for you. So my third tip to you for savings is start today if you have not already. Here's one other thing I want to point out. I know this episode is kind of all over the place, but this is a very common question I get about saving money. Your short-term savings are going to be in savings accounts. So your sinking funds, your emergency fund, your rainy day fund, those are just going to be in a high yield savings account that probably has an interest rate of anywhere right now, at least when this episode is being recorded, probably like a half a percent to 1%. You are not going to build retirement level income by just sticking your money in a savings account. But remember, That's not the intention of that money. You want your short term savings to be pools of money that are accessible to you should you need that money for something. So, those are just gonna be sitting in a high yield savings account. Your long term savings, your IRAs, your 401ks, your 403bs, those are going to be in investment accounts that are earning a much higher rate of return because they are invested in securities, they're invested in stocks, in bonds things of that nature, that are earning anywhere from a 5% to a 12% return. That is the type of return that is going to build and compound over time. And there's a lot of confusion about this. Sometimes you guys ask me like, okay, so I just need to stick my retirement savings in a savings account. No, it needs to be in some sort of investment account or retirement account where it's earning a rate of return in that 5 to 12% range not in a high yield savings account where it's only earning like a half to one percentage return. All right, so I just wanted to make that distinction as well. Now, the last thing is, okay, where do I start? So I've given you a lot of information in this episode, the types of savings that you need, how much you should have, what it looks like, tips to make sure that it's easy and effortless. So where should you start? Here is my best recommendation for getting started with saving money. I want you to start with your long-term savings, the money that you're going to use to live off of in retirement, because again, the trick is giving it the longest amount of time that we can to grow, which means I want you to start today. A lot of you who work in corporate jobs might have a 401k available to you through your employer. So make sure that if you do, you are taking advantage of that. You are contributing to it. Also, I want to point out that a lot of you might have a match from your employer. If you do have a match, I want you to make sure that you know what your match is and that you are fully taking advantage of that match. If you're not, that is the equivalent of flushing free money down the toilet if you are not taking advantage of a match that your employer is willing to give you into your 401k. If you do not have a retirement plan through work or you're self-employed, I want you just to start with an IRA, an individual retirement account. You can contribute up to $6,000 annually into an IRA, and that is the best place to start. You can open up an IRA at any brokerage firm, at T. Rowe Price, at Charles Schwab, at Fidelity. It doesn't matter. Do not get too hung up on where you want to open it. Just open it. And again, You can set up automatic transfers from your checking account into your IRA so that that transfer of money is happening automatically. So that's the first place I want you to start. If you were at ground zero, you are not saving anything right now. I know that some people might think, oh, I'm going to start with saving my emergency fund. No, get that automation set up and start saving for your long-term retirement for your future self. Once you have that going, then I want you to focus on your short-term savings. I think that starting with sinking funds is a great place to start. Again, identifying some areas of your life, some expenses that you have that are reoccurring that you want to be proactive about saving for. Figuring out how much you want to save over an annual basis and then figuring out a monthly contribution amount to go towards that you can set up automations so that the money is being moved into your sinking funds automatically. So for us, again, we use Ally. Ally has a savings account that allows you to have saving buckets. So what we do is we have a savings account and then within that savings account, we have subcategories. So it's one savings account, but when you look at it, it's like home, dogs, clothes, cars, Michigan tickets, taxes, insurance. I've told Ally, hey, Ally, on the 15th of every month, Here's the amount that I want you to send to each of these individual saving buckets. It allows you to be very organized, and the only work that it requires on your part is just the work of getting it set up initially. Then I track the balances in the sinking funds in YNAB. If you're overwhelmed by this process, I'm gonna recommend that you take budget love because I teach you how to do all of this, how to identify what sinking funds you need, how to figure out what the contribution amount should be, how to track everything in YNAB, and how to set up all of your automations. All of this is a system that I teach you how to do in Budget Love. So get your sinking funds set up and going. The next thing after you've done that is I want you to focus on getting your emergency fund built up as fast as you can, that $3,000 to $7,000. So you're gonna work on getting that built up until it's to the point that you want it. After that is done and built up, then you move on to your rainy day fund and you get that built up. And I want to say this, this process takes time. Be patient with yourself. It is not going to happen overnight. You are not going to get to a point where you have sinking funds running on automation, an emergency fund, a six to 12 month rainy day fund saved up entirely in two to three months. For most people, this process takes months to years. It took my husband and I years to get to this point. I want to just be transparent with you about that. It did not happen overnight. But the point is that you have a solid plan that you are working towards and you stick to that plan. Because if you can, then like I said, eventually you're going to get to a point where you have such a solid foundation financially. That is what savings is. It's a foundation. It gives you peace. It gives you options. And like I said, it really allows you to come at your money from a place of calmness, of trust, of assuredness. And to know that anything that comes your way, you're going to be able to handle it because you're prepared. Okay. That's all I have for you. Saving money. That was a fast and furious one, but so, so fun. I love saving money and I love getting all of these automations set up and I love helping you guys do the same. So before we wrap, two things. Again, If you are needing help in this area in saving money, not only conceptually, but also implementing this system into your life, the first place that I want you to start is budget love. I teach you how to do all of this, how to make savings a priority, how to get your sinking funds set up, all of your automations, all of it. It's my complete system. It's exactly what I did. I give you the blueprint in budget love. The second option, just a reminder, is one-on-one private coaching for this year. So if you would like a very high-touch, personalized level of attention and support, one-on-one coaching is for you. I'm in the process right now of taking on my 2021 clients. The spots are filling up pretty quickly, but I do have some left. All right, you guys, this was a longer episode. I appreciate you sticking in there with me. We did both. We covered the mindset and we covered the tactical today, but I hope that it was valuable to you. If you have any questions, let me know. Have a fantastic week. I love you so much, and I will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Hey, girl. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in overcoming overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, the student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money, and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed, or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.